الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فانطلقا حتى إذا ركبا في السفينة خرقها قال قال أخرقتها لتغرق أهلها لقد جئت شيئا إمرا صدق الله العظيم وسسفت علماء الكرام برادز نلدس This is the grace and the mercy of Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala gives us the tawfiq to be taking some time, making some effort to gather and discuss something about deen in order to refresh our iman, in order to bring alive within ourselves, first and foremost myself, all of us, bring alive within ourselves the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala to spur us towards Tawbah and Istighfar. This is the objective of speaking, of listening, and this is the niyyad that we have to keep refreshing. Anything that is done regularly, often it sometimes becomes a routine. And when something just becomes a routine, then the objective sometimes becomes a little distant. Person doesn't keep in mind the objective. When the objective is not in mind, then the full benefit is not derived. So the person speaking, if he forgets the objective, he'll lose out completely person listening forgets the objective, then too the full benefit won't be derived. This is something that we have to keep refreshing. And this is an aspect to refresh before every amal. What is the object of this amal that I am doing? Among the primary objectives, one is we understand very well, everything has to be done solely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Then in order to learn something about deen, discuss something about deen, and with the niyat of making amal upon what will be, inshallah, spoken about, what will be heard. But one very important niyat, which is to be included in every amal, whether it is our salah, whether it is the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, whether it is our tasbihat, zikr, tilawat, whether it is any other act of deen, one very important niyat, is the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. That we are doing something, we are doing it out of the love for Allah Ta'ala and to acquire the love of Allah Ta'ala. When something will be repeatedly done with this niyat, then that will engender the love of Allah Ta'ala. A person who is doing something, but he is doing it just because he has to do it, then he'll do it and get overdone with it and over. But if he's doing it because he's trying to acquire somebody's attention, he's trying to acquire somebody's affection, so then he will do it differently also. And he will hopefully gain what he's trying to achieve. One is he's doing something just because he has to feed his family. So now he does it. But the other is he wants to make them happy. So if he wants to make them happy, he does it in a different way. 
person wants to just do it to get done with because it's a responsibility and just in order not to get a cross on the box just want to get ticked off the box must get ticked so in order to tick the box off he'll do whatever is necessary and be done with it at that too he might cut some corners but when he's doing it to try and make them happy then forget cut corners he'll add many more corners it was square he'll make it hexagonal or whatever he'll add a lot of extras to it why? because he's trying to make someone happy when before his salah if the niyat is that he wants to earn the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala now how is he going to earn the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala with a haphazard salah he wants to earn the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala he will be performing now a salah which obviously our salah is so deficient no matter how much we try but he will try and do the best he can Otherwise, he'll be cutting corners in what he can do best also. When he's got the niyat of making the zikr for the sake of the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, so now it won't be a burden, it will be something that he will want to do well. It won't be something that he will be trying to just get done with. And the same applies to all the various amal. So this is an extremely important niyat to include in all our amal, and to refresh this each time. This is the aspect about niyat, that there is no button to press and it's done for life. It's something to keep refreshing. It's something to keep refreshing before the amal and also during the amal. Keep refreshing that niyat. Why am I doing this? So, this is the aspect that we need to keep doing that this gathering, whatever we do, gather it's for the sake of Allah Ta'ala alone, not for any other purpose, in order to acquire the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, and then all the other niyats as well, and this is the beauty and the great bounty of Allah Ta'ala, and the beauty of our deen, that the same amal, but a person makes multiple niyats, he gets an independent sawab for each niyat, and that amal that may follow. person comes to the masjid, and he just made the niyat of coming to the masjid, well that was it. But he made the niyat that he's coming to the masjid to perform salah. He'll also have some opportunity to make some tilawat of the Quran Sharif. Coming to the masjid, he'll make salam to all those people he will meet. He's coming to the masjid, if there's some talk of deen taking place, he'll participate. The talim is taking place, he'll be part of the talim. Or he will engage in nafil atikaf. Now he made all these various different niyats the chances are that some of those things didn't happen. He came, there was no dini talk taking place, there was no talim at that time, and he completed his salah and left, but he got, he got the reward of that amal. So in any case, this is also something to take advantage of, this great bounty of Allah Ta'ala. And it just requires a little bit of consciousness, and to train ourselves to first think, and make those niyats. And according to the niyas that we make, Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala's bounties are unlimited. It is us that don't ask and don't take. There's no shortage in the treasures of Allah Ta'ala that a person is doing one amal, but he made so many niyas, he's getting so many independent rewards for each amal. Allah Ta'ala's treasures are unlimited. And no deficiency comes in the treasures of Allah Ta'ala. So it is us that we don't take. Allah Ta'ala's doors open. Nevertheless, the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif that was recited, this is an incident in the life of Sayyidina Musa Nabi Nabiya, 
the Quran Sharif, many, many incidents of his have been mentioned. And this is also one of those incidents, which is in Surah Al-Kahf, which is a surah that we should be making a practice of reciting every Jumu'ah. In the Hadith Sharif, it is mentioned that the person who recites Surah Al-Kahf on a Jumu'ah, then Allah Ta'ala grants him such nur which extends from the earth right up to the heavens. And this nur remains with him till the next Jumu'ah. And nur, nur is spiritual light. So when a person has the benefit of nur, then he will be able to save himself from the zulumat and the darknesses. And if a person is deprived of nur, then he'll be in the darkness. So this is something which is a very great virtue for this, and we should try and make the effort to recite the surah on a Jumu'ah. In the surah is this incident of Sayyidina Musa salatu wasalam. On one occasion somebody asked him that who is the most knowledgeable? In his time, every Nabi in his time is the most knowledgeable of all the people. There is nobody that can be more knowledgeable than the Nabi of the time. So Musa wasalam, based on this fact and reality, he replied and said, I am the most knowledgeable which was a reality. Allah had blessed him with Nubu'at. But despite this being the reality and what he replied was 100% correct, but at his very high position of Nubu'at, Allah Ta'ala was not, well this was a reply which was not the very best reply. And the Amyari Musalatu Salaam and those who are the very close servants of Allah Ta'ala, on even a minor situation, meaning that instead of the very best, if second best was done, that too was something that they were corrected on. Whereas that second best, for an Ummati, that would have been super excellent. Likewise, this is the rule, that Hasanatul Abrar, Sayyatul Muqarrabin. Many aspect that is a virtue for the ordinary pious person. That particular thing becomes a fault for somebody who is very high in his position and status. Because he was supposed to be doing something even at a higher level. Whereas that was a virtue in itself. So this is something to understand on that note. Not that Na'uzubillah this was some kind of wrong that was done. Some kind of Na'uzubillah sin. The Amyali Musalatu Wasalam are ma'asum. Completely sinless. There is no possibility that a Nabi could have committed any sin. So in any case, Allah Ta'ala then said to him that this is something that we have granted a servant of ours some knowledge which you don't have. Now that in itself doesn't make somebody else more knowledgeable in total. But there are certain things which are specific to somebody, certain things specific to somebody else. Musa wasalam, had been given the knowledge of Shariat, the laws of Allah Taala, and the entire Kitab of Allah Taala. But Hazrat Khidr wasalam, who was a servant of Allah Taala as well, a pious personality, he was given some other specific kind of knowledge in terms of the system of the universe. Allah Taala said, "As Musa wasalam, you go and find him and be in his company." Musa salam being the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, immediately set out for this. There is never, if 
a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala is being sent on this mission to go and learn something further. Which was the hikmat of Allah Ta'ala in this situation. But what position do we have to ever feel that we are beyond learning anything? There's always a time to learn something. Many a times a person says, I've now passed so much of my life, I've never heard of this before, so it can't be right. It is possible you never heard what was right all this while. And all this while, that particular aspect that we thought was right, wasn't right. And so many things happen like that. A person spent a good part of his life believing something, then it turned out that this was not the right thing. Now the realization came upon him. So Alhamdulillah, the person then makes the correction in his life. There was something a person was doing, he was doing it wrong. One person, he heard what Juma Bayan. And in passing, during the Juma Bayan, because he was awake, so he was listening. So while the person was giving the Bayan, he happened to hear one Basla. Now the person was in his forties. Married person with several children. And now, somehow, where he missed out, Allah knows, whether he didn't go to Maktab or he went to Maktab, and that day he was absent, what happened, Allah knows. But somewhere he missed out something. And now he's hearing that by chance, by just in passing, the person giving the bayan mentioned something about the farais of ghusl. And he mentioned that there are three fars of ghusl. And among the three fars of ghusl, what is also true, gargle and thoroughly rinse the mouth. Well, the second is to rinse the nostrils completely and then to pour water over the entire body. Not even one hair's breath must get left dry. Now he heard this and then the explanation that if the ghusl is not done, then the taharat is incomplete. If the taharat is incomplete, if a person was in a state of janabat and he required ghusl and this ghusl wasn't done correctly, then he's still in that state. And now in that state, no salah is valid. He's not allowed to enter the masjid. He can't touch the Qur'an Sharif. He can't be reciting Qur'an Sharif in the state of Janabat also. Now this person got a shock of his life because he's thinking back that he never knew this was Farz. And how many times he's been making ghusl over his life and the ghusl was incomplete because he never completed the ghusl. He never gargled his mouth in that manner. Or he never rinsed his nostrils in that manner. And he was carrying on with life. He might have gone for Hajj, gone for Umrah, Allah knows. He might have been at Arafat in that state. That way his ghusl wasn't complete. He might have been clinging to the Baytullah in that condition. But Now this is how important this knowledge of deen is. And this basic fundamental knowledge of deen. That a person sometimes missed out on some basic aspect. And now he's carrying on with life. And this is creating a major uh, havoc in his deen. And he's not aware of it. He came to know about it in his 40s. So sometimes that happens that a person didn't know something. So we are always and should be always ready to learn. And it is never that, well, I had always heard something so that it should be it. Well, if somebody is explaining to me something, and if he's explaining it in the light of the Quran and Sunnah, in the light of the teachings of the Fuqaha, and in the, from authentic sources, and is somebody reliable, somebody who the Learned people of the time have placed reliance on him. They have endorsed him. Then is something for us to take the lesson, to apply it then. So in any case, Musa alayhi salatu Allah ta'ala 
commanded him to go and seek out Hazrat Khizr So he comes, it's a lengthy incident, there isn't time to go into all the details. Any case, he finally finds him. And they meet, and he asks Hazrat Khizr that can I accompany you? So that you may teach me from that which Allah Ta'ala has blessed you with. That knowledge Allah has blessed you with, you may teach me some of that. So Khidr said, fine if you want to come along, but there is a condition that you must ask no question. During this journey, you mustn't ask any question. You must just observe and just whatever you see, leave it at that. So he agreed. In any case, now they come to a bank of a river and they need to cross the river. So, some people who are, there's a boat there and the person who is operating that boat, he recognizes Khizr and he offers them a lift for free, no charge. So, in any case, they climb in and as they are going along, suddenly he reaches out and he damages the boat a bit. Some plank of it, he damages it. Musa could not just see this happening and not say anything. After all, he was a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. And something that is according to the command of Allah Ta'ala, which is not in order on that level. Khizr was being inspired by Allah Ta'ala on another level. So therefore he was acting also from the inspiration of Allah Ta'ala. But on the general note, this was not something that somebody can just do. So Musa immediately objected that are you destroying or are you damaging the boat of these people whereas they even did us a favor. Musa when he objected, Khizr reminded him, did I not tell you that you are not going to be able to manage this? You won't be able to be patient. He said, okay, mistake, let it be. So in any case, they went on. Now when they come to the second, some further point somewhere, there's a child who they come past. Khizr Islam takes hold of the child and he kills him. This was happened. Musa Islam just could not withhold himself, hold himself back. He immediately replied, "Aqtalta nafsan zakiyatam bi nafs." Have you killed this child without any fault of his? How could you do this? So again, Khizr replied to him that, "Look, now you have now done this again." So he said, "Okay, if I do this one more time, then we'll part ways." Two mistakes. The third one will part ways. Now they come to the third. They come past some town. The people refused to entertain them. They refused to accommodate them in any way, entertain them. Whereas they are travelers, they are hungry, there's no other place for them to be able to get anything to eat. Unlike that nowadays you can go to any place to buy something, nothing is available. So it now devolves upon the people to entertain the guests, the traveler. Now they refused. So as they are leaving the town, there's one wall that is about to collapse. Khizr immediately starts repairing that wall of his own accord. So Musa Islam again objects that these people were so uh, selfish, they didn't want to entertain us also, and now you do this for them for free. 
You could have charged them something. You could have then used that money to buy some food. So Khizr Salaam then says that, well now this is the parting. You go your way, I go my way. But in any case, let me explain to you what is the meaning behind all this? What happened? This was by the command of Allah Ta'ala that was whatever was done. But let me explain to you the secret behind it. As far as the boat was concerned, أَمَّا السَّفِينَةُ فَكَانَتْ لِمَسَاكِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ فِي الْبَحْرِ That some poor people, some poor children, often whoever it was, some poor people, this was their boat and they were now earning a living out of this. So فَأَرَدْتُ أَنْ أَعِيبَهَا I decided to damage it a little. Why? That downstream there was a tyrant king. And any boat that was coming downstream and it was something that he fancied, he was immediately usurping it. Now this got damaged a little, so it's not going to catch his eye. He's going to bypass this, that this one is not worth it, let it go. Somebody got... Uh, hijacked for his phone. So he was asked to give his phone. So he quickly took out the phone just to now get done with this. So he took out the phone and gave it. When the person saw the phone, he gave it back to him. He said, keep it. Not worth it. So sometimes some things won't catch the eye of the person. He doesn't want it. So in any case, I damaged it, but this outward damage was actually a means of saving it. Because of what was happening downstream. Outwardly this was a harm, outwardly this was damage, in reality it was protection, in reality it was a bounty. Now this is a very, very big lesson for us. That many a time something appears to be negative for us, but in reality behind that negative is a positive. Many a times something happens, some aspect, something happens, some illness, some other calamity comes, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us, keep us with afiyat, or some other situation comes about, which makes it a little difficult for a person in some ways. So on the one hand, this dunya is dunya, it's not jannat. Dunya is a place of challenges. Dunya is not a place where a person will have everything the way he wants it. Neither is dunya jannat, nor is it jannat. It's a mixture of everything. So one is that dunya, there will be challenges. Many a times in the form of something negative, there's a positive for us. And this is something we have been repeatedly in many, many ways taught about how to be positive in everything. One is to turn to Allah Ta'ala. Whenever there's an issue, we turn to Allah Ta'ala. That is the amal. That amal itself, despite the challenges, will keep a person positive. To the extent that his connection is with Allah Ta'ala, to that extent, despite the situation, he'll remain positive. Challenges came to Dambiya Ali Musalam as well. Came to the Sahaba Ikram. Came to the Awliya of the Ummad. The closest of people to Allah Ta'ala, they faced some of the biggest challenges. Once Nabi Wasallam was sitting in the shade of the Kaaba Sharif, while leaning on the Kaaba Sharif, this was in the early days of in Makkah Mukarramah, and some of the Sahaba came, and they said, they, this is the crux of this Hadith Sharif, that there's so many difficulties and calamities and so on, and Nabi Sallallahu should now curse the disbelievers, make dua to Allah Ta'ala, that this situation is uplifted, 
Nabi Salaam sat up and he said to them then various things he mentioned. One of it was that there were some Nabis of Allah Ta'ala who were brought and a hole was dug in the ground and the person was semi-buried there to prevent him from escaping and thereafter a saw was brought and that saw was placed at the top of his head and this Nabi of Allah Ta'ala was sawed in two but that didn't make him change from his position in one but that his connection with Allah Ta'ala didn't get affected in any way there were those who combs of iron were brought, steel, steel combs were brought and their flesh was combed away from their bone in other words that comb was used to comb away the flesh and just leave the bone can we imagine just a little scratch what it does to a person and a steel comb being poked into his flesh and the whole flesh being scraped off but that too didn't make him flinch in any way in terms of his deen وَلَكِنَّكُمْ تَسْتَعْجِلُونَ Nabi Sallallahu said, you are being just hasty. Make sabar. Allah Ta'ala that respite, this Allah Ta'ala will change the condition, but this is dunya, there's some challenges in dunya. So one is that dunya is dunya, amal is the way to move forward, and to the extent that we connect ourselves to Allah Ta'ala, to that extent, we will be able to pass through these challenges, as that very concise couplet of Hazrat Allah Rahmatullahi that Dushmano ko eshe abo gil diya dosto ko apna darde dil diya Allah Ta'ala what did he give to his enemies Allah Ta'ala gave his enemies eshe abo gil all the luxuries and comforts of life all the entertainment and all the glitter and glamour of dunya everything they seem to be having a ball of a time but the friends of Allah Ta'ala, what He blessed them with, these people got all the glitter and glamour of them. What did they get? Allah Ta'ala gave them the darde dil. Literally translated, this is the pain of the heart. But this pain is the pain of love. This is that pain on which all the comforts of the world can be sacrificed for this pain. This is the sweetest pain that a person can ever have. So he says, well, friends of Allah Ta'ala, he's blessed them with the pain of love. But now what is the next situation that comes as a result? That those who have been blessed with all this apparent glitter and glamour of the world, blessed is not the word, who it has just been given to, meaning those who are disobedient to Allah Ta'ala, those who are far away from Allah Ta'ala, and despite that disobedience, despite that rebellion, the dunya is being poured for them. What is the situation despite all this unku unku hamku tughyani mein bhi sahil mila unku sahil par bhi tughyani mili first regarding them it says unku sahil par bhi tughyani mili apparently they are on the shore on the shore there is no waves there is no storm on the shore the shore is very calm there is only sand there so a person on the shore is absolutely supposed to be very very peaceful person says, I made it to shore. He made it to shore, he's now safe. So on the shore, he's supposed to be very outwardly safe, outwardly very peaceful. But unko sahil par bhi tuhyani mili. Despite being on the shore, they are being battered by every storm. Ask the person's heart, what's going on? 
what are the situations in, in his life? And where is his peace of mind and contentment? Nothing. And humko tughyani may be sahil mili. And those who are the friends of Allah Ta'ala, despite being in the midst of storms, they are like on the shore. That despite being in the midst of storms outwardly, their hearts are connected to Allah Ta'ala. And because of their hearts being connected to Allah Ta'ala, they are peaceful and content. Within themselves, despite the external challenges, they are peaceful and content. So this is the aspect, this is a very, very big lesson for us, that outwardly sometimes something seems negative. But in reality, there is some secret behind it. There is another situation behind it. Likewise, the second incident, Khizr al explains that that child, this was a command of Allah Ta'ala, that if this child had to grow up, he would have become a means of even the parents going into kufr. Because of what he would have ended up doing. So Allah Ta'ala says, we took this child away, but we will bless them with something better. So something goes, but provided that a person is still attached to Allah Ta'ala, he is obedient to Allah Ta'ala, outwardly something went, something far better will come in replacement. And then the third thing that happened was, this wall that they built up, which was collapsing, this Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an Sharif regarding this, was explanation given to Musa Alayhi Salatu Wasalam, This wall belonged to two orphans who were living in the city. And under this wall was a treasure buried there. The father, well, somebody in their lineage had buried this treasure there, that someday when these children have grown up, when they are able to take care of it, the father had buried it there, that these children now, I'm going to be seeming like I'm not going to live long. So the day they are big enough to take care of it, it will get exposed somehow and they'll, they'll take charge of it. If it becomes exposed now, somebody else is going to use it. So this was their treasure that was buried there. And now this wall was collapsing and they were still too small. If this wall collapsed now, somebody else is going to use up this. So Allah Ta'ala sent this, the greatest delegation that could have come at that time. The Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, Musa Alayhi Salatu Wasalam, and they are repairing this wall beneath which is the treasure of the orphans. وَكَانَ أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا Then Allah Ta'ala says that this great arrangement was made for the protection of their wealth. What was the aspect behind it all? وَكَانَ أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا Their father was a pious person. The piety of the father became a means of the protection of the wealth of the children after the father was gone. The father is no more in dunya. Every person's concern is that I need to do a lot for my children. If I'm not around, then what's going to happen? Tomorrow I'm not around, then what they will do? So the Quran Sharif is telling us what will happen. That if the parent has adopted taqwa, the parent has lived a life of piety, and Allah forbid if there's some mistake, is immediately making tawbah, istighfar, keeping on the path of deen, then Allah Ta'ala is the protector of that child. While that father is around, and while the father and when the father is gone as well. So whatever is in our capacity within the limits of Shariat and Deen, we will do. That's part of our responsibility to take care of our families and to even leave something behind for them. Once a Sahabi was now, Saad bin Abi Waqqas, 
he was on his deathbed, or he became very ill, it was appearing like he's going to pass away, and he came and started making wasiyah that I give all my wealth away. Nabi Sallallahu said, no. So he said, half, not, not even half. He said, I'm giving, okay, one third, said, okay, one third, and one third is a maximum. Meaning to make a bequest that my wealth after I pass away, so much must be given, maximum one third. And then Nabi Islam said to him, and said in general, that antadara warasataka agniya khayrum min antadarahum alatan yatakaffafuna nas. That to leave something behind for your heirs is better than you leave them destitute and now they're going around begging from people. In other words, if you have something, then leave it for them. Make some wasiyat, leave something for your akhirat as well, invest for your akhirat as well. So that is the two-thirds, you leave it for them. That two-thirds, you can't do anything about it. One-third, fine, you have your choice in that one-third. So, there's no harm in that as well. But, all that's said and done, the issue is that Allah Ta'ala is giving us that lesson in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, وَكَانَ أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا That their father was a pious person. The piety of the father, this became the means of the protection of the wealth of the children. And according to one tafsir, in Rul Ma'ani, what is mentioned is, وَكَانَ أَبَسْسَابِعَ This wasn't even the father himself, it was the grandfather seven generations up. The piety of the grandfather seven generations up became the means of this protection. That now they were yatim, so that grandfather's piety became the means, outwardly in dunya as far as asbab is concerned. So this is the lesson for us, that to the extent that we connect ourselves to deen, keep ourselves on the amal of deen, and stay far away from the disobedience of Allah wa ta'ala, then in this way we will protect ourselves, and that will become a means of the protection of our children and progeny as well. We'll have sukoon and afiyat in dunya, and this will become the means of building our akhirat as well. May Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq of adopting this salah and taqwa, bringing this taqwa in our lives, living the life in the way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with, and in the ways of, way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alayhi